from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast, Thursday, October 19th, 2023. Good morning to everyone tuning in live for our show this morning. We are on your favorite social media platform, wherever you're catching us, whether it be YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, now X, Twitch, Rumble, or Facebook. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate y'all being part of the show this morning. A good morning, everyone commenting. We've got a busy, busy show, y'all. Uh, 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 really, like, super busy. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, new intro, uh, which which I hope you enjoyed. And now, without further ado, join me for a cup of coffee. My double espresso coffee cup. Cheers, y'all. Let's go ahead and kick this off this morning with Vietnamese government agents apparently targeting several U.S. lawmakers and journalists with a Pegasus spyware, uh, Pegasus similar spyware. Uh, they were targeting representatives uh, Michael McCall of Texas, John Hoven of North Dakota, Chris Murphy of Connecticut, and Gary Peters of Michigan. Uh, they were all tagged in various posts with malicious links to install Predator, which is similar to Pegasus. McCall is the chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, who was allegedly targeted in a reply to a tweet from Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And another, uh, and Hoven was allegedly targeted in a reply from a post from the Taiwanese President Chi Yang Wen about the senator's visit. Peters, who's the chairman of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, and Murphy, who's a member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, were both tagged in a reply to a tweet from an Albanian politician about their visit to the nation. The national security analyst at CNN, Jim Shudo, was also, and two other reporters based in Taiwan were also targeted with malicious links. And the Washington Post, Post is reporting that none of the targeted individuals uh, were actually infected with the spyware, but they were targeted um so this is is significant by the way the group said that the vietnam ministry of public security had signed a deal with a company tied to the predator developer through what researchers dubbed the intellexa alliance and apparently received a technology shipment through its intermediaries now vietnam has very very close relations to china it wouldn't be far-fetched to, to, for the chinese to actually do this and we got a lot to talk about today in geopolitics by the way a lot because it's impacting cyber directly or indirectly whether you like it or not that's just the 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 fact of the matter here vietnam for their end very loyal to 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 china um and uh could be used by china also corruption is rampant in vietnam so it wouldn't be far-fetched for the vietnamese government to buy something to use internally to then have the chinese know that they bought something go out there have the chinese pay someone to actually try and target american congressmen and women and and people because they're targeting people in in taiwan right and who has an interest in taiwan not vietnam uh but china does so just two plus two equals four here um so there's that north korea for their end are observed exploiting the recent vulnerability in the JetBrains team's city cicd server according to microsoft cve 2023 which is a, a critical severity flaw allowing unauthenticated attackers to execute uh, code remotely on vulnerable on-premise TeamCity instances and gain administrator-level permissions. JetBrains had patched the bug on September 21st, and the exploitation uh, attempts started about a week later. 
now they're saying that North Korea has really kind of stepped up to it. Zinc, believed to be a subgroup of Lazarus, is focused on espionage, data theft, destruction, and financial gain. It's also known for targeting defense-related entities, journalists, and IT services organizations. In the group has been observed compromising Team City servers to deploy a persistent backdoor named Forest Tiger and using the, the malware to dump LSAS credentials from memory. So this isn't just happening with one group from North Korea, by the way. It's happening with multiple groups from North Korea who are exploiting this specific vulnerability. If you haven't patched it yet, you want to make sure you get it patched. Your supply chain could be a risk. So you also want to make sure that if you have companies that are using this and they're a critical supply chain vendor, that they're addressing the patch. CISA, for their end, with the NSA, with the FBI, with the MSI SACs, have uh, released a joint guide on commonly used phishing techniques and providing recommendations on how to guide them. Pretty self-explanatory, a lot of MFA, how to avoid weak forms of MFA, like without FIDO or PKI-based MFA, phish notifications without number matching, etc. All of those different things, very straightforward. The link's in the show notes. Go check it out. Very, very worthy of a view. Ukraine activists hack the Trigona ransomware gang and wipe their servers. The Ukrainian Cyber Alliance banner has hacked the servers of the Trigona ransomware gang, wiped them clean after copying all the information available. The Ukrainian Cyber Alliance fighters say they exfiltrated all the data from the threat actor systems, including source code and database records, which may include decryption keys. The Cyber Alliance gained access to Trigona's infrastructure by using a public exploit for CVE 2023-22515, which was a critical vulnerability in the Confluence data center and server that can be leveraged remotely to escalate privileges. The vulnerability was leveraged in attacks as a zero day since September 14th. This is good guys kind of taking something that is happening and going after a ransomware gang and Trigona has been wiped out the map. They'll be back. They always come back. But nonetheless, if you are a victim of this ransomware, chances are they might have the decryption keys and you might still be able to recover data there. Just don't pay them anymore. Remember that 23andMe hack that we talked about a few weeks ago on the show? Yeah, that one, right? Well, they're leaking more data. And now uh, the first time uh, the leak came through, it was about a million Ashkenazi Jews whose uh, data was leaked. Now they leaked 4.1 million uh, uh, genetic data profiles for people in the UK and Germany. Uh, 23andMe has said that the data was uh, that was obtained was through credential stuffing attacks on accounts using weak passwords. But how many users did you have that had weak passwords? By my math right now, that's 5.1 million. So the company trying to shake their responsibility is a bit, a bit sickening because either you allow weak passwords, right? Either you allow weak passwords or you're not watching for any credential stuffings, attacks, coming through, meaning you don't have any sort of identity security. So blaming your customer is just sickening to say the least. Like it's not our fault. Customers had weak passwords. They stole, they stole 5.1 million username and passwords and then logged in and exfiltrated all that data. And none of your systems, none of your monitoring, nothing found that to be suspicious. I'm just going to question the narrative. Just a second question. The narrative right so uh again i mean you know 
there's that. I mean, the stuff that the hackers claim, by the way, is just absolutely ridiculous. They're like, well, royal families use 23 and me. No, they don't use 20. Royal. Hi, just stop. Like, I get it. You want to put out some troves there and say, like, we have the bloodline of so and so. You know, you hacked 23 and me. You're not saying how you hacked it. I mean, for for all intents and purposes, this could be an internal actor. Just saying it could be someone who worked at the company or was a contractor at the company, downloaded the data through normal business practices for whatever godforsaken reason, and uh, maybe didn't get paid, maybe got pissed, whatever the case may be, gave it to someone, and now they're leaking it just to cause damage to. Don't, don't put that far-fetched. The fact that they can't find it doesn't mean that they're right. The fact that they can't find it means they're not looking hard enough. That's taking that there. Casio for there and they're disclosing a data breach that's impacting customers in 149 different countries. That's about 75% of the world. Casio detected the incident on uh, Wednesday, October 11th last week, following the failure of a class pad database within the, co- the company's dev environment. Evidence suggests the attacker accessed the customer's personal information a day later on October 12th. So they've got a class pad education platform. The person, uh, the, the, the incident happened in their dev environment and they had real customer data in dev environment. So let's go through our basic cybersecurity rules of working. Never have real data in dev environment because dev environment is the wild, wild west. Cassio saying that the information that was uh, stored there is email addresses, countries of residence, service usage details, and purchase information information such as payment methods, license codes, and order specifics. They're saying credit card information wasn't stored there. That'd be a PCI violation. The attackers accessed 91,921 items belonging to Japanese customers, uh, including individuals and educational institutions, and 35,049 records belonging to customers from 148 other countries and regions around the world. So from a total impact, it's about 120,000 people. No, you know, not nothing too crazy, but nonetheless, um class path's still online there's still going at it and uh there's there's that now let's move to everything going on in israel Uh, i took a mental health day yesterday um just the the last 11 12 days have been um it's felt like one really really long day uh some days and other days not so much so iran for their end are the orchestrators of everything going on, not to dismiss Hamas for being ISIS and, and, and doing what they do. They were inspired by Iran. They were paid for by Iran. But Iran, for their end, are trying to kind of uh, start multiple different aspects. And th- they're doing that for a few reasons, just so you've, you guys asking, like, do they hate Israel? The, Iran has, since the Islamic Revolution in Iran, it's been death to America and death to Israel chance every Friday after their great ayatollah leader speaks um okay so so there's that yes they despise the west jimmy carter did some really good things as president of this country but human rights and weakness was one of those things where he thought that he those standards would apply to those animals and savages they don't iran for their end are trying to distract israel as they feel like they're nearing some sort of nuclear capability so this is what all this is. You, you can't look the other way. Now, they may have kept Israel a little busy, but Israel hasn't taken their eyes off the prize. In fact, speaking to multiple people in the defense industry in Israel, they go, we know Iran's behind a lot of this. We know Iran 
is 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 working on a nuclear bomb we haven't taken our eyes off the prize and we've know exactly how to target them the Mossad has also vowed you know they take they took down their head of intel in the daytime midday assassination in the middle of 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 Tehran so there are stuff going there is kind of a shadow war going on between Israel and Iran Hamas Hezbollah uh, yesterday Israel fired and took out a pro-Iranian resistance group making their way from northern Syria to southern Syria to fire rockets at Israel the Air Force uh, uh reunited them with their maker um israeli air force did that we've got two aircraft carriers off the coast of israel and if you ask yourself what are they doing well now they're trying to set their uh, um, sites on israeli industrial control systems um we saw a bunch of stuff yesterday on on, on telegram and other uh pro-palestinian pro-iranian channels uh where they showed like here we go we hacked these industrial control systems i've actually validated this with people who the company i work with we're in we're in ics right we're in we're in, in the power industry and and in oil and gas and so all of them pretty much validated that some of those systems were real but they, they, they didn't have control it was just kind of like read only they didn't touch anything it was almost to say like look i got this and, and it could have been a screenshot um um that they would have taken from a potential training or something else that, that they didn't really have access to systems because they didn't do anything. I mean, that's like saying, here's a gun, taking out a gun and not doing anything, you know, with it. Well, that's not a very good example, but nonetheless, right there, there's there. So apparently they're saying that we have access to the ICS systems. We can do all of that. There's an image that had, it had some IP addresses. Again, this could have been something that someone used at a presentation at some point or, uh, uh something they intercepted and hacked at some point but but they didn't really have access for there and everyone in israel says we don't know what that is we don't see any signs of intrusions believe it or not again take it at face value we are at war there's an information war going on between iran israel and the palestinians as well uh for awareness so so those things are to be said um so we'll see that um Israel for their end are now working on the development of a cyberdome, a digital version of Iron Dome. The cyberdome, which um, is uh, is an installation situated in uh, Be'er Sheva, is being built with the help of AI and a small army of intelligence personnel. The platform will help secure Jerusalem's vital infrastructure from sophisticated uh, cyber attacks carried out by hostile nations. So this is a report coming from the Jerusalem Post, where. As of right now, Israel sees this as being a threat since a lot of the a lot of businesses in Israel, including President uh, Isaac Herzog, um, are being hacked or defaced um, in this ongoing con in this ongoing conflict. And finally, a great story here at the Jerusalem Post by How to Defend Yourself Against Hamas's Cyber Warfare by a Dr. Amir Geffen, who's elaborating how to stay safe against enemy cyber offensives. Um, especially as they increase and as the conflict deepens, there's a psychological warfare, there's information warfare, and there's so many others of those. And this is magnificent here. He shares a lot of that. Amir Geffen, Dr. Amir Geffen, sorry, he's a cyber safety researcher at the Gordon Academic College. And he talks about limiting children's exposure to psychological warfare, uh, specifically around social media. This can cause anxiety, depression, and traumatic feeling. So, um be vigilant don't let your kids hang around smartphones even here in the u.s by the way we're seeing a lot of stuff on tiktok instagram uh, x and other places where um there's a lot of distressing videos so this doesn't just apply to uh, israeli 
parents, this applies to all humans everywhere. Uh, please be mindful of what your kids are doing on there. Uh, for those in Israel, Hamas is already in your WhatsApp group. We know they stole phones for, from civilians and soldiers. We know that they're monitoring some of these WhatsApp groups. Uh, they're probably sitting in there and watching. So be mindful, create new groups. Don't invite the people who've been compromised into those groups and continue your communication as needed. Enable two-factor authentication in all your critical accounts and don't share the six-digit codes sent via SMS with anyone, especially there. And obviously, 119 in Israel is the Israel National Cyber Directorate. So if you are a victim, you can just call that and they'll help you out. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more. Until then, have a great rest of your day, y'all. Great weekend and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.